0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Weekly real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. Alright, this week we're going to be talking about, finally, after two years, uh, we're getting another MCU Marvel movie, pretty much. It's going to be Black Widow. We've been excited for this movie for a (laughs) while, man. I'm excited (laughs) to finally talk about this movie. We just watched it in theaters together, so... But before that, we're going to jump into our podcast ritual. Uh, And if you don't know, this is when we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. So, Ken,
1: I'll let you do the honors and uh, share your movie or TV show. (laughs) Well, uh, I must share this part, like, literally, right before we hit the record button, I was like, oh, man, you're going to love my (laughs) my ritual. You're going to be like, what the heck? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Oh, man. So... I'm preparing you. This is definitely going to be a surprise to you. But I started re-watching the Fast franchise again from The Fast and the Furious. Going in order. (laughs) (laughs) And all this to say, the movie that I do want to share this week is I finally... Well, I haven't finished it yet. I finally started The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. All right. (laughs) And you know what? Now I get the... I guess the whoops and whoops and hollers or whatever when uh, when they I guess the Tokyo Drift uh, cast I guess for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term, made an appearance at F9. I was like, oh, all of them were in Tokyo Drift. I did not know that, and so I mean I'm only about a half an hour in, and you know what, Jeremy, it's not terrible yet. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, I it's it's not bad. It's it's actually almost pretty good but we'll see i mean it's only half an hour in um but you know what there was something that i did realize watching some of these earlier fast movies you know the first one and the second one obviously the second one is you know near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. uh and you heard that a couple of weeks ago during our f9 episode but i just realized how more grounded These stunts were. It was weird. You know, they're not overdone. They're not just crazy outrageous and unrealistic. They actually seem kind of real. It was weird. Yeah. It's like when there's actually gravity with these cars, right? It's pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? They, They just kept it, you know, with actual street racing, you know, which is why we love the Fast franchise to begin with. And so I was like, man, this is actually nice to just kind of see what their origins are. And uh, I'll eventually get to the part where, you know, things get crazy. Uh, it was probably right around Fast and Furious 6 when uh, our favorite scene happened. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'll probably shed a tear because that's when it basically just got crazy. I don't know. Too crazy. But... Dude, that, yeah, that's definitely the
0: the good old days of the Fast and Furious franchise when uh, not everyone was a superhero or a rocket scientist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or landing on cars like mattresses, like
0: you said. (laughs) Yeah, or just freaking indestructible. Freaking Vin Diesel's pretty much the
1: Hulk. (laughs) Yeah, because, okay, I'm going to test your knowledge. On the first one, remember at the very end, spoiler alert, (laughs) right before when he wrecks his uh, Dodge Charger or Mm -hmm. whatever, dude, he gets out and you know what? He really tur- overturned his vehicle. He looked
0: injured. <laughs> Com- compared to smashing into a mountain in F9 and just be like, oh, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, man. Uh, the good old days. Yeah. Miss that. Uh, for me, though, we, we did talk about uh, I watched the Tomorrow War and you watched half of it so far, a little bit more than half. Yeah, about 60%. And overall, I did like the movie. Uh, I actually liked it a lot more than I expected. Um, I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's top ten or anything of this year. I mean, not too many movies has come out. Man, well, I think it's definitely top ten. I wouldn't say top five. There you go. Not top five. Definitely not top three. Uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe top five. Who knows? I, I haven't watched that many movies or new that many new movies uh, this year. I totally forgot. Maybe I could, maybe. I could say
1: top 10 only because, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think it's already been, uh, we're already on the second half of 2021 and I feel like nothing's really knocked my socks off in terms of movies. Mm-hmm.
0: And so yeah, I, I could definitely
1: see that. I see wrath of
0: man being up there, but anyway, the other movie I wanted to mention, cause I knew you were going to watch at least some of the tomorrow war. um, where did I watch this on? Was it Netflix? I think it was Netflix. Uh The Manchurian Candidate with Oh yeah, with, Netflix. Yeah, with Denzel. With, with Denzel, and I'm mentioning yeah. another Denzel movie again this season. And I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I I did like the movie. Uh <laughs> uh definitely gives me the the Winter Soldier vibes when they're all like they're obviously they're two soldiers and just uh kind of brainwashed pretty much. And uh yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by that
1: movie. I haven't obviously it's an older movie, but I was uh, I really liked it. Right? Yeah. No, and you know what? I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Do you uh, Do you know what year it came out? Uh, I actually don't know. I would want to say early two thousands. Yeah, that sounds about right. I want to say late nineties or early two thousands. Um, and I do remember seeing that shortly after it came out. i I know I watched it uh, on TV it wasn't it wasn't uh, in the theaters, but um I do remember, you know, just like you said, uh, a little bit of the plot, but it also reminds me, I mean, this is an MCU week. I do remember that reference uh, that Tony Stark makes in uh, at the end of Civil War when he when he calls uh, Bucky and say, "Hey, Manchurian Candidate, we're friends here or whatever. (laughs) It's a truce." Totally accurate pop culture (laughs) reference right there by Tony. Yeah, yeah, he's he's always on point with his uh, with his uh, pop culture references. Point break.
0: Yeah, definitely point break freaking with uh, Patrick Swayze and all that stuff. And I did just look up uh, Manchurian Candidate was uh, 2004. Oh, there you go. Good call. Good call. I do want to do some episode cleanup from last week when we watched No Sudden Move. Uh, We did run a poll, can for that movie.
1: Uh, What was the poll? Uh, well, this week's poll for No Sudden Movie kind of did, a, I guess, a little bit of a, a thing. Usually we'll add the movie within, uh, I guess, the choices. But, we, you know, we decided to, um, I guess, mix things up this week. So uh, the poll that we ran in honor of No Sudden Move was, what is your favorite movie directed by Steven Soderbergh? Who did direct no sudden move and he's got some classics on his filmography as the director and so the choices were aaron brokovich oceans 11 out of sight and traffic and uh like every week we do welcome write-in votes but this week's runaway winner and really not a surprise oceans 11 won 75 percent of the vote pretty crazy huh yeah i'm I'm not surprised though because it's uh you know fairly recent and all that.
0: it's uh that blockbuster feel to it um probably the most mainstream i would probably say but yeah i'm not surprised
1: yeah i mean it boasts an all-star cast it was uh pretty light it was funny uh it's heist movie and and so yeah definitely not surprised that uh oceans 11 did come away as the winner uh, but Jeremy, we did get a write-in vote. Um, that write-in vote, I don't know technically if it it if it, I guess qualifies. But you know, since you know we're you know we're all about the audience and everything, we did count this vote. It was a write-in vote for Pleasantville, while technically not a movie that Steven Soderbergh directed. Steven Soderbergh did. Uh, he was actually a producer on Pleasantville, and I did want to mention it anyway because. You know what? I love Pleasantville. I Remember, I don't. I think in season one or something like that, I was like, "Dude, you got to watch Pleasantville." Um, I think you'll like it, but I don't know if you got around to it. I don't. I have not yet. So
0: I got maybe this will finally push me over the edge. Maybe our audience member is like, "Hey, I'm reminding you to watch
1: Pleasantville." Yeah, it's pretty cool because you know you get uh, Toby Maguire when he was still in his heyday. You get Reese Witherspoon, and uh, it's, it's a really good cast. Heck, we may even uh, have a season have it as a season three movie, but we'll we'll figure that out uh, whenever we get to uh, planning uh, the movies that we'll watch for season three. Okay, I do want to remind
0: the audience that we do have our polls every Tuesday on our Instagram and Twitter. And what's our Instagram and uh, Instagram and Twitter handles, Ken?
1: It is Weekly Reel. Actually, it's at Weekly real, just to be more precise. And that's across the board, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yep. So make sure to go check that out and stay
0: all up to date with us on our social media. All right. So we're going to talk about Black Widow today. So it's our first MCU movie in the last two years. My goodness, that's weird to say because we get usually get like four every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so usually it would be like, oh, it's only been three months <laughs> since the last MCU, three or four months since the last MCU movie. But now it's been two years. And so if you have not seen Black Widow yet, uh, this is your spoiler warning right now. We're going to be talking some some big spoilers. We might even talk about the post credit scene because you know already there's going to be one. It's a Marvel movie. Uh, If you have not seen it, it's in theaters right now, or you can check it out on Disney Plus on Premier Access. Not sponsored, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So in this movie, Natasha Romanoff's past catches up with her in her very first solo movie, and we get to see it all on show uh, in the movie theaters and at home. So, Ken, do you have any did you have any expectations going into this movie after it being delayed like a whole year and all that stuff, basically having to wait two
1: years to see it? I don't know about expectations. Uh, I just wanted to first say that, man, it was, I was in my happy place watching the, uh, like an MCU film in theaters on opening weekend. And and to be able to kind of watch it with not only you, but you know, a group of us, uh, including your brother, That was pretty cool to be able to, it it just, it just felt like normal again. And, uh, you got the, we, we watched it in XD. We got the popcorn going, uh, man, it it was not like F9 at all. (laughs) It was just, it was just a nice relaxing, um, I don't know, movie theater watching experience. It was nice. And, you know, people cheered in the right places. They laughed at the right place. It, It was, it was a good crowd. Yeah, dude. I th- I would probably say it was a really good theater
0: experience. Um except I don't know why, but before the movie started, when they were doing the whole previews and stuff, commercials and all that stuff, they spoiled freaking um M Night Shyamalan's movie, old. Oh, that's right. A little oh, plot point that we did not get in any of the trailers. And then just one of these commercial promo things is like, you know, and there's something that this happens in the movie. I'm oh. like, "What
1: the <laughs> What I know, heck, and that's dude. basically and that's basically why you go watch an M. Night Shyamalan movies, for the twists and everything, you know?
0: Yeah, you want, like, especially in M. Night Shyamalan movies, you want to go as clean as possible, not knowing anything, so that the twist just hit harder, and so for just one of these things where you get a little bit more information about the plot, uh, I hope it's not nothing too big, because that uh, little commercial, I think, spoiled the a pretty huge plot point of the movie. Yeah, we're looking at you, Newvie. Yeah, it was Nuvi. Yeah, I'm like, what the heck, dude? Frickin' A. But anyway, back to Black Widow. Um, yeah, like you like said, uh, it was a good experience watching the movie. And when those Marvel credits started coming up you know you know what i'm talking
1: about yeah
0: yeah you see the red and all the the comic panels type thing going on um showing all the marvel characters you get hyped for sure when i mean we get to see that when we watch the tv shows but it it hits a little bit different when it's a movie
1: yeah well because it hits you in surround sound and with a giant screen and uh, I'm glad they opened up my favorite row, which is well, in XD, it's that row where they have the railing, because I don't know, it, in my peripherals, I like it when it just fills up, like the screen just fills up my peripherals, and just to be able to see everything, like it, you know, you don't have to tur- you know, turn your head too much or whatever, but it's like, whoa, this is a giant screen, and it's like, oh shoot, this is so good. I did I did like the, the row, but I think in terms of
0: the movie though, mm-hmm. uh, they shot it, some, sometimes it felt a little Jason Bourne-esque. Yeah. That my head was like a little like, ah. It, there's a lot of close-ups in this movie uh, to get that spy uh, genre-esque feel to it. I feel like when that was happening, I'm like, oh, the screen is too huge. I have to like turn my head or something like that. Um, but overall, I enjoy XD, especially with the sound. I got mm. scared
1: <laughs> a <Ooh>. couple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was good. Um uh, uh, but to kind of mention, um, some of the expectations, uh, I mean, obviously this movie is about, uh, Natasha Romanoff's kind of like backstory. You got, you get to spend more time with her. Um, I, cause this is obviously her first, uh, solo film. And so I don't know. I just thought it was pretty cool. To be able to, you know, I mean, these were like throwaway lines a little bit. Remember in uh, Avengers, The mm-hmm. Avengers? And it's that part where Natasha's interrogating Loki uh in the, uh what was that? What do they call the hel- the helicarrier? Yeah, the, he- the prison thing in the helicarrier. Yeah, something like that. And I just thought it was pretty cool that they just basically made that entire plot of Black Widow based off of something that Loki said. He's talking about their ledgers dripping red, and he's talking about Drakov's daughter and everything, and, hey, we got to see Drakov and Drakov's daughter. And I just thought it was pretty cool to get that callback uh, to the Avengers because these are—it's like, you know, overlooked dialogue sometimes, but then they just went back and they referenced it, and it just— connects everything uh within the different movies you know
0: yeah i thought that was pretty cool that they can take little dialogue like that just throw a little bit snippets see what sticks and then they obviously turned it into a whole movie i did like that for sure gives uh, a little bit more meaning to like scenes like that i was a bit disappointed though i'm gonna mention it right now okay. i was a bit disappointed that we didn't get to see more of a uh,
1: budapest don't you mean Budapest?
0: I I was gonna wait for it. I was setting you up. <laughs> I, I even looked at you. Yeah, <laughs> and they even did it in the movie. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it like that. I feel weird, like I have a <laughs> yeah. lisp or something.
1: You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that the whole the whole episode. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna be like <laughs> Natasha
1: in honor of Natasha Romanoff.
0: Rest in peace. Oh man, oh, that man. made me sad when I started thinking about it. But anyway, yeah, I, I was looking forward to see like her and Hawkeye. And on that whole mission, and when they were talking about it in the uh, in the movie, that they obviously expl they thought they killed Drakov, mm-hmm. blew up the whole building and his daughter supposedly, uh, and then they were like hiding out for ten days. I'm like, dang, that sounds like a really good movie that we never got to see. Oh, no. um, so I was a bit disappointed that we didn't get any more flashbacks of um,
1: Budapest. <laughs> 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 i know i thought i was hearing things when they were like budapest <laughs> budapest <laughs> budapest uh, i don't know <laughs> i i enjoyed that yeah it, it, was, it was pretty funny uh but yeah i i agree with you there um i was a little surprised that they left that uh more of like more of storytelling because they just i mean obviously they referenced it in in earlier uh avengers movies the first one and even in endgame um but yeah it would have been pretty cool to see a quick cameo of uh jeremy Renner as as Hawkeye and you know obviously Clint Barton. I don't know if we'll touch base on that because obviously spoiler alert for the post credit scene, they show him as the person responsible, and obviously, I'll kind of mention this a little bit later on in the episode, but as a person responsible for her death, kind of true, but you know whatever uh but Hopefully, maybe we get to finally see that flashback scene, maybe, or at least snippets or something like that in the Hawkeye show. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. From the way it's been going, I don't think we're going to see it. I think we're mostly going to see flashbacks of him as Ronin, what he was doing in Japan during those five year between um, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. But uh, that was just a little... Kind of nitpick about the movie that we didn't get to see uh, that huge event that they've been teasing since the first Avengers movie.
1: Right. It would have been pretty cool to get Jeremy Renner in this, even if it was just for a quick cameo on a flashback scene.
0: Yeah, I, I think a little Easter egg that I noticed that Natasha was still was still wearing the Arrow necklace that she was wearing back in the first Avengers. First, Yeah, yeah first Avengers. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh but
1: overall thoughts Ken what what did you think about the movie? Uh just I I just have one thought actually. Um it w- it was a bit emotional just because we finally got to see Natasha again as in her first solo film but really if you think about it it's really her last solo mm-hmm. film. Um I it, it was it brought back I guess um it brought back like that feeling of why I I'm all in favor of like the Disney Plus shows is because I mean uh, talking about the Falcon and Winter Soldiers. kind of you know the same genre or whatever or even WandaVision and obviously Loki because that's you know well it just ended today uh, we're taping this on a Wednesday on the season finale which we but haven't seen yet we haven't seen it yet so obviously we'll talk about that in the uh, next week on, on, on the news rule anyway I just liked spending time with her, just like what we did with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, we get to spend more focused time with Natasha. We got to see um her like past. We got to see her dynamic within her Russian spy um family, especially with her sister Yelena um who I feel like stole the show. Uh and but I mean it just, it's it's just pretty cool to be able to let some of these scenes breathe you know you get to focus a lot of on on, on the dialogue and uh i we mentioned it you know with uh with the loki dialogue in the first avengers we got to see how you know some of these throwaway lines just kind of add up to like a full story we got to see we got to see that and it was pretty cool to see uh i guess the you know got to peel back some of the onion layers, uh, you know, like Shrek, uh, but with (laughs) Natasha this time. So we got to see her, you know, uh, a little bit more vulnerable than we have in the past, like in any other appearance.
0: I agree, man. Definitely. Um, I think I was, I definitely did enjoy the movie, uh, but there were some times I feel like it had a bit of an identity crisis. Maybe, I don't know if they didn't know what tone to go for, because I really felt like, Uh, They didn't know whether it wanted to be really grounded and gritty, like freaking Jason Bourne or something like that, Mm -hmm. or be a little bit more fantastical, like Mission Impossible. So I feel like it was, in a way, the first half of the movie, or first third of the movie, was more grounded, more Jason Bourne-esque. And then the later half was more like, trying to be more like Mission Impossible. And in a way... I was kind of hoping that they would stick to a little bit more groundedness. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or at least stick to one um because right now I have to say I really really enjoyed the opening of the movie, but I do uh agree with you in terms of all the character work that they did and it's probably the last time we see Natasha at least for a, a while. Um I think this movie adds a lot of More meat
1: to the rest of her appearances in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, and and just to add to what you just said, I I completely agree that the you know some of the later scenes, uh, it it could have been better. I feel like Uh, I actually love the first half of the movie. I love a lot of the dialogue scenes. I love like the dynamic between uh, because I mean, you know, like you think. I don't know about you. I thought that they were actually kind of blood related in the beginning. I didn't realize they were just forged random people uh, to form like this Russian spy family. Um, Which I liked. Which I really did like a lot because it actually reminded me of a TV show that I I don't know why I bailed because it was a really good show. I actually want to get back into it. The Americans. It's about a... uh, an actual family, a Russian spy family, but they're actually an actual family, not put together like mm. in this. But, um, they, but they're like sleeper cells. Yeah, they're sleeper America. cells in America and during the 80s. And that's mm. kind of like the basic premise. And uh, yeah, I, I you know I actually recommend that show. I, um, I was two seasons in. There was just a lot of, of stuff to watch during that time. And I think that's the re- the only reason why I bailed. But the uh, the series has since finished, and I definitely want to get back into it. Mm,
0: yeah, that was definitely I like the concept of the first half of the of Black Widow, and there was definitely some things that were hit or miss in uh, the second half. But that leads me into our first topic, and we want to bring back a binge or cringe for Black Widow. So. We're gonna talk about moments that made Black Widow binge-worthy or cringe-worthy. So let's start off with binge-worthy, Ken. Uh, what, yeah, what made the movie like
1: really good, really stand out to you? I mean, you you kind of set it up. Uh, you're talking about th- kind of the beginning of the movie, but man, uh, two moments, but they're they're basically the same thing, dude. Those those hand-to-hand combat uh, with with Natasha and Taskmaster on the bridge mm. was pretty cool. Uh, and, and you know it was at like a night setting. You got it was like on this bridge. It was pretty cool. It came out of nowhere, I think. Um, and I don't know if that was one of the scenes that you're referring to, where it was like, whoa, <laughs> it kind of su- caught you off guard. Uh, but because uh, it kind of caught me off guard. But that scene, and then fo- uh, quickly followed by Natasha going to Budapest. <laughs> I have to do it one more time at least. <laughs> Um, and that, and that whole scrap, uh, between her and, uh, Yelena when, uh, they met up that first time as, I guess, adults.
0: Yeah, dude, definitely that, that scene, uh, was really intense. Well, did, Like you said, when the freaking Taskmaster rams into her car and she was, she, you know, she was like out of it. And, Like yeah. obviously she was affected by a car crash. Looking at you, F nine, <laughs> because there there were some some moments that I was getting a PTSD from <laughs> from F nine whenever they would um, her and Elena would like get into
1: a car crash. Yeah, and then I was like, no, not again. <laughs> and but I'm then, like, no, okay. they were they were actually bleeding and they were injured. Yeah, it was yeah, actually realistic. I was like, oh, thank goodness, someone's hurt. <laughs> Not that we don't want people to get hurt, but, hey, they were just a part of, like, a crazy crash or whatever. And, you know, it's only natural to be kind of injured or at least out of it. it. At least a little bit rattled, you know what I mean? When you're trying
0: to escape a a deadly guy or a deadly assassin with a skull mask, you're going to be definitely on the run for a
1: bit. Yeah, because, I mean... I, dude I, I did get jason born you met we we mentioned jason Bourne and, and we the fact that it's kind of grounded dude that hand-to-hand combat especially because it you know you get that advice it was like oh you know it, it's a ta- what they call it the Taskmaster initiative i guess protocol and, yeah the protocol and i was like damn like they you know it it was quick paced it was like hard-hitting we get a little bit of that shaking cam or whatever but mm. Dude, some of those like impacts of, of both fight scenes were pretty crazy, and I kind of wish that they kind of spread it out a little bit because, dude, the two I felt I felt like the two best hand to hand combats were like back to back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely when they were saying, "Oh, activate the taskmaster protocol," I was like, "Don't you mean release or contact the asset or something?" The like asset. That? I know exactly. Like they That's what I Freaking juicy I just- <laughs>
1: I just kept waiting for like N- Natasha to use some uh, some sort of case or something random <laughs> as a as a weapon yeah. or a phone book.
0: <laughs> yeah, when she was uh, fighting um Yelena in the in the little apartment place, I think she did pick up a few things while yeah. Um, random. yeah. While Yelena picked up a knife, I was like, "All right,
1: just some born ass right there." I know. They they even used the uh, the curtain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, my binge uh, element of black widow would actually be yelena and natasha's relationship i think that was the thing the top thing that they did the best in this movie just because you could kind of see the writings on the wall they're setting up yelena to be in future movies whereas natasha's kind of phasing out a bit uh but at the same time it's not like they undercutted natasha Mm -hmm. at the same time and you can really see that the characters are their own person I love like the w- way they characterize Yelena how how kind of more blunt she is yeah. than uh the Natasha and kind of a little bit more uh free like free-spirited in a way and just to, for them to kind of bounce off of each other and the way they did that in the movie was easily the best thing in the movie so
1: I love their dynamic because they were different but they shared similar um experiences obviously uh Natasha was able to, you know, move out West because she was able to, uh, get away from, uh, I guess the red room. And, uh, but you know, Yelena, you know, she's, she still got stuck as being, you know, being a widow, uh, one of the widows in, and as an assassin, but there was that dynamic where they did grow up. They spent the first, uh, several years, uh, before, you know, obviously, Sadly, they were taken. It was basically like uh, human trafficking and everything. And they got forced into the widow program. They got forced hysterectomies, which is brutal. There was some brutal, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brutal, like, topics that they covered. And I felt like I, I would try to watch it from that point of view. And I think that's why I, I enjoyed, um, I guess, the overall story and especially the beginning of that, because... Dude, human trafficking is a real thing. And, and no woman, especially, or girl, ha- should ever have to go through that. But sadly, in this world that we live in, it, it's a reality that, that is out there. It sucks. And, and, yeah. I, I, and I appreciated the, you know, the fact that they touched on that during the storyline.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like a MCU version, like a fantastical version where they basically abuse these girls mm-hmm. into becoming killers, pretty much. That's- Mm-hmm. Um, little touch of reality there that gets a little bit touched on. It's obviously uh, they do that in comics as well. A lot of um, real world messages integrated into the mo- uh, into the comics and integrated into the movie. So I like that. That Marvel is still not afraid to, you know, kind of mirror uh, reality a bit. Right. Uh, but I do want to jump into the cringe worthy stuff. Did you have anything that kind of like? Kind of irked you a little bit, a little uh, let down, maybe?
1: Oh my God, the Red Room. Uh, supposedly it was impossible to find, in quotations. <laughs> and, uh, and do that one line that, uh, uh, I guess, it was Milena, but it was really Natasha saying it. And then we later found out, spoiler alert. But do that quote, was like, oh, now you know how Dreykov stayed above the radar all these years. And it was so dumb that it was just in the sky... And what the reason why it was above the radar was because it was hidden, like in clouds. <laughs> it, was so, it was so weird.
0: Yeah, it's not even like shield cloaking tech or anything. It's just there. You exactly. know, they could have at least had like helicarrier uh, cloaking tech or something yeah, like that, like
1: ref- reflective panels that we got to see in the first Avengers or even Spider Man Homecoming with that with that jet or whatever scroll hidden technology anything anything (laughs) Anything. just to make it so that you know it is actually invisible or something like that where it's really above the radar but no it was hidden with some clouds what what happens on a clear day (laughs) exactly (laughs) because
0: seriously um like like freaking tony stark wouldn't have seen that with all his satellites or his quote-unquote armor around the world that he was planning on doing i'm pretty sure he would have flown or at least in uh his deep space armor or something like that to, it's like hey wait a minute that shouldn't be there <laughs> you know what i mean so it was that was so bad that was a it was cringy. so
1: bad because remember there was that one shot remember uh towards the end where it's uh the red room's coming down i was like dude it didn't seem that high up i'm mm-hmm. sure you could still see it with the naked eye <laughs>
0: yeah it didn't seem that far I was like and like you said if it was a clear day it's like you know I'm pretty sure that uh, that flying uh, skyscraper it shouldn't be there what is that? <laughs> it's like oh it's just one of those helicarrier things again no um, mine was kind of similar to yours I think what was kind of cringy for me was how Natasha was getting all her stuff uh, from Mason so easily Like, and it almost, it almost felt like this, um, the actor who played Mason, like only had to show up for like a a week's worth of, of, of scenes because it was all in like the same area, same same setting, same (laughs) setting. I was like, are we seriously like it felt, it felt really low budget in that way
1: yeah
0: that it was like almost like a CW thing where they have to reuse the same set and then he just
1: films and changes clothes. It it was convenient, the way it's like, oh, okay, well, you only gave me, like, a week. Here's a shitty, like, helicopter or whatever. But, oh, you give me more of a heads up. Here's this fancy-looking Quincha. I'm like, uh, how does he get that? it I don't know. It just seemed unrealistic.
0: Yeah, it was a bit too convenient to me. It's like, oh, Natasha needs something? This guy has it. It's like... You know, and she's obviously on the run. They're, they would look up, like, known associates or anything like that. Or just just the fact that maybe somebody's watching this guy move freaking planes around, like, the world or anything doesn't raise any suspicion.
1: I think it's a little bit weird. Yeah, a little bit ba- too convenient. Yeah, basically, he was, like, uh, a fantastical red from uh, <laughs> from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> he get anything. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, I was... That was weird.
1: Yeah, I was just waiting for Natasha to. Say, I understand you're a man who knows how to get things. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's like only in here, or only apparently only in that one set. <laughs> yeah, like in uh, in Norway. In Norway, <laughs> yeah, I was I was hoping we were gonna see like Odin or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I do want to jump into topic two now, and uh, you know, I feel like when this movie came out. There's a lot of hopes for it. Obviously, it being the first movie in Phase 4. Um I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that Phase 4 so far has been a bit disappointment a little bit with uh Black Widow, WandaVision, Falcon the Winter Soldier and Loki kind of feeling like fillers and possibly pointless after Endgame. Um I see a lot of those comments. So would you agree or disagree with like some of those things with those points um
1: actually uh just to just to actually go one way or the other i want to say 100% disagree and here's why i mean for me dude avengers endgame was the end of the infinity saga dude that was the culmination of 11 years worth of mcu movies that's like well it was the 22nd movie um, out of what now 24 and dude, the, dude, the, I think the, what makes the MCU so popular is because of the world building. They had enough foresight to like come up with movies, like in this part of the MCU. And then, uh, another part, you know, sometimes in space, they actually took their time to establish and do this type of world building that just doesn't happen overnight. And what some of these people uh, don't I think they just forgot that obviously, dude, Endgame, Infinity War, like these uh, team up movies. The reason why we love them so much is because we actually spent a lot of time with these characters uh, in some slower moments. You know, we got to see them struggle and then, you know, things tend to, you know, they, they may end shitty or whatever, like in. At the end of infinity war but when the avengers assemble moment comes in and like this whole thing obviously dude that ended this huge storyline so now you're gonna have to basically reset the chessboard um and you know what i love how they're incorporating disney plus because now we're getting a chance to get uh spend more time uh that we wouldn't get in a feature film We're spending seven, eight hours with some of these characters that maybe were, I don't know, supporting characters before. And I enjoy it. Um, uh, You know, it hasn't sometimes been like the best content. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, Uh, some of these, uh, the TV shows, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, or even Black Widow that we, you know, we're talking about now. I'm not going to say it's like the absolute best Marvel content. But you need to have these. These are like necessary and so for it to just be like dismissed as just random pointless filler or whatever i think that's a hundred percent wrong
0: yeah i definitely i I agree for sure uh because at least from what we've seen the uh this phase four with all the shows i mentioned and black widow they're there's they're definitely not on the level of like the first iron man or uh guardians for the captain america the winter soldier and it's not necessarily they have to be of course we wish them to be of course uh but when you look at the first phase of the mcu uh, especially the first few movies <laughs> uh with the first iron man of course kicked it off really good movie and if you were to take in, in it's uh, in a bubble pretty much captain the first captain america was just an okay movie also, the first Thor, just an okay movie. Iron Man 2, bit of a letdown. So, it's like just those four, first four movies were a bit just either really good or just okay, pretty much. And now we're looking, like you said, resetting the chessboard. Um, I think we're kind of getting that, that, they're trying to find their new identity again. Just like they were finding in the first phase, where now you're getting uh, far from home, trying to figure out like, what are they going to do now after Endgame? You get Black Widow. And I think, this, like you said, the smart thing to do is kind of expand the universe, but kind of start new. Mm. And I think it was smart in the way that they ended, um, you know, Phase 3 or the Infinity Saga. Just because you want everything to, to feel uh, satisfying at the end of Endgame. You didn't want to set too much more for the future or else end not going to feel like an end game you know mm. what i mean so but at the same time they have to pay the price i think in these first few movies to really start setting up the future again but try to make their best movies in themselves so i feel like they're paying a little bit of the price uh where it, in itself these movies maybe could feel a bit disappointing because they're, they're not like tying too much into uh, the overarching timeline right now, but I would assume, you know, that Ke- Kevin Feige and uh, they all have a plan over there at Marvel that we're we're gonna look back at these earlier projects. I would say, like the ones that have been have been coming out in 2021, uh, we're gonna look at them a little bit more fondly over the
1: future. Hopefully, I can say that. Yeah, no, I co- I completely agree with everything you said. Um, I feel like also. I mean, just you mentioned Far From Home. I thought it was a it was a perfect way to end the Infinity Saga and 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 finish off Phase Three because it felt like more of an epilogue. You know, you need to have that time to you know just kind of digest or whatever and feel the aftermath of you know the events of uh, Avengers Endgame. And but to kind of uh, I guess bring it back to Phase Four and uh, the projects that we've mentioned everyone's got to remember they're not going to reveal like huge things and and show crazy stuff on Disney plus they're going to save that all that stuff for um, these feature films and really Black Widow again feels more of like a kind of like you know a little bit of fan service for all the Black Widow fans and everything because she never got her solo film Um, and that's really the only film that we've seen so far in phase four Um, I think people need to give, uh, I guess, you know, give it like these future films coming up. You know, we get Shang-Chi pretty soon. We get the uh, we get Eternals at the end of the year and uh, obviously Spider-Man No Way Home. Dude, at least let's let's watch a a few more feature films before we start talking smack about uh, phase four.
0: Yeah, and I mean, these movies haven't been perfect since Endgame, or these shows haven't been perfect. Definitely, we could always uh, break it down in nitpicks and stuff, but I I assume that uh, they have a plan over there, and, uh, you know, we're gonna, uh, there's gonna, I think they're gonna age well, just like the first Captain America, or the first Thor, maybe not as much, (laughs) but you know, um, something like the Captain America, the first Avenger, where... That really benefited from future movies. What ble- ble- bleach blonde eyebrows don't age well. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, uh, just Loki, I guess, only <laughs> from that movie. Tell me, <laughs> tell me. Man, I was really hoping like one of the variants would have said that honestly. Maybe the crocodile. Hey, may- maybe in the finale. We just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't know yet. Uh, I do want to throw out our audience question right now for this week. And I'm going to ask, what is your favorite Black Widow appearance in the MCU? So obviously she debuted in the first uh, or second Iron Man, I should say. And then obviously her last appearance so far was in uh, Black Widow. So she's been in the Avengers, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Endgame and all that other stuff. So pick your favorite appearance uh, from Natasha Romanoff in the MCU.
1: Uh, well, easily for me, it's got to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier, because she played like a really glorified supporting role uh, next to Captain Rogers. And it was pretty cool to see their dynamic. I love their buddy cop type, uh, like dynamic between the two of them, because, you know, they're genuinely good friends. And obviously they got to have a little bit of that romantic uh I guess moment, but it was mainly obviously to stay covert <laughs> yeah, and undercover.
0: <laughs> I would definitely say that was definitely where they laid out a lot more of her uh, personality and characteristics in that movie for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I just she, she had a lot of fun with her character, and it wasn't just oh, I'm a trained Russian assassin. It was pretty cool to see their dynamic together. Yeah,
0: that was a smart move. But let us know, guys, uh, what was your favorite Black Widow appearance? And uh you can, you know, tweet us on the Twitters at Weekly Real. Uh you can tell us on Instagram or Facebook even at weekly Re- at weekly Real. Or you can uh email us at the weekly Real podcast one two three four at aim dot com. Right, Ken? Not is quite. Is that the right one? <laughs> no. Or is that my email? Whoops. Uh,
1: wait is is that your email oh shoot uh, no, uh, maybe I'll have to take it first okay <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I was going to change uh, your contact information to uh, I don't even know what, what you just said but, uh, <laughs> if you do want to send us an email it is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com
0: alright guys we'll be taking a quick break and when we come back weekly real awards for Black Widow Okay, welcome back from the break, and we're going to go straight into our weekly real Awards. So our first award is the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award for Best Action Sequence. So Ken, for Black Widow, what was your favorite action sequence?
1: Well, you know what? We haven't mentioned them yet. I wanted to just mention Alexei, a.k.a. the Crimson Dynamo i'm just kidding (laughs) the the red guardian yeah i had to throw that uh, dude yelena's dialogue is just so funny uh but uh i love it when the sisters end up breaking him out of uh of that prison it it was pretty cool to be able to see the sisters in their kind of their white jumpsuits or i don't know what they call it like their get up uh, i don't know yeah like a snow suits or whatever yeah it was pretty cool it brought uh i guess star wars vibes a little bit like cloth (laughs) <laughs> uh but uh i don't know it's pretty cool to you know obviously earlier in 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 the movie yelena is giving natasha a hard time with her superhero landing I were, we were talking about deadpool uh in the newsreel that we just uh recorded but she was doing her um version of the superhero landing and uh she was obviously giving her crap for that, but then obviously right when, uh, Natasha, I mean, they showed it in the trailers a lot. They, she did her <laughs> superhero landing and then you basically got Yelena just rolling her eyes. I thought it was hilarious, but then, you know, I thought it was some pretty cool action that happened, uh, during that. Uh, we got to see the helicopter, um, in the middle of an avalanche and you got to see, uh, i guess natasha just hanging off of the helicopters trying to get uh, or pick up and rescue uh, alexei i just thought it was pretty cool
0: yeah that was a really good action sequence uh just for it to be in like the snow-esque area i felt like though it was a bit too early still for a huge action action sequence like that i don't know because the way that they ended uh the movie with the whole red room falling. I don't know. I felt like that was almost like the same kind of scope. So mm-hmm. and usually in these superhero movies, they like to go gradually bigger as the movie keeps going. So I was a bit surprised how they almost did like an equal-esque fight uh, for that action sequence. Because my my favorite action sequence is actually going to be the first fight between Natasha and Taskmaster. You know, when I thought that was a really good fight, you alluded to it earlier. Those two hand to hand fights between Natasha, Taskmaster, and uh, Yelena were easily the best, like hand to hand, uh, in the movie. And I would choose the Taskmaster one just because I got Winter Soldier vibes Mm. when Taskmaster, like, went out of the, the armored truck or whatever, uh, whatever car Taskmaster was driving. And I love just seeing the callbacks of, um, uh choreography yeah the shield yeah because yeah. oh, i remember um taskmaster like the way that taskmaster kicked natasha off the bridge it was like she did like um pretty much like a flip like spider-man swinging pretty much and then did this really crazy kick that really i think got probably stole from uh t'challa um mm-hmm. uh, black panther i was like oh man just like freaking oh no not to not t'challa okay maybe t'challa It'd look either like that or like captain america when when captain america kicked uh spider-man in civil war yeah. something one of those so uh i really like that fight that would probably be my favorite
1: yeah i like how they even set it up a little bit before that before uh before they initiated a Taskmaster protocol man that's like a mouthful but anyway um I like how they showed her how she was trying, you know, basically watching like CCTV footage and obviously just, I guess, downloading that information because she was emulating a lot of the uh, Avengers type moves. Because, um, yeah, she definitely did some uh, T'Challa moves and everything. And dude, it was pretty sick when they did that. Uh, They she basically mimicked Black Widow from, Mm. I guess, Iron Man Two. Uh, Because they were doing those same exact moves. And I was like, dang. I remember seeing that in the original trailer. I was like, holy crap. Who's this Taskmaster? Yeah, This person's really cool. The freaking scissor
0: around the neck thing that uh, Natasha always does pretty much. And uh, started to do in Iron Man 2. And just to see it happen to her, I was like, oh, shoot. Shoot, Good good choreography in that that scene. Uh, The next award is the I Am Groot Award. Uh, for favorite character so ken i'm gonna let you choose first your favorite character of black widow
1: ah dude i gotta go give it to yelena uh who was played by uh florence Pugh. i hope i'm hope i'm saying her last name correctly but uh prior to black widow the only other movie that i had seen her in was Midsomar. and man that movie was a brutal watch uh i don't like if you watched it you'll know what i mean and if you don't, I'd probably watch it just to see what just to see uh, what I'm talking about, just at least to give it a shot. But, you know, throughout that movie, Mitsomar, I, I was uh, instantly a fan of hers. Uh, well, for obvious reasons. I mean, she's whew, she's cute anyway. In this movie, though, Yelena was so funny I felt like they gave her all the comedic uh, lines and everything. I, You know what? And, and the crazy part is, and you know, I'll kind of go back and reference F9 because we've kind of done that a couple times already. In F9, I felt like the the dialogue and everything was horrible. Like the comedic timing was off. It felt forced and everything. And I felt this was the exact opposite. It mm-hmm. felt like the timing was just on point. It didn't feel forced. It felt like it was said within like the framework of her character. It didn't feel like um, kind of weird, but I enjoyed her character so much that, um, and again, I'll mention that post credit scene. It was pretty cool to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, Val again. I mean, it was a little bit expected because obviously they want to set up uh, future projects within uh, Marvel, uh, the MCU phase four, but dude, it looks like we're headed Confirmed uh, to see some sort of uh, version of the Thunderbolts and to be able to see her within that group. Dude, I'm hella pumped for that uh, for that project, because, dude, more Yelena, sign me up just with her dialogue and her action. Oh, man, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, dude, I would definitely
1: agree with you in the uh, comedy side of that,
0: for sure. I mean, all of it, for sure. But uh, to speak a little bit more about the comedy, she was easily the most funny character in the movie. I was actually a bit disappointed in Alexi's jokes. I feel like some of them fell flat for me. Yeah. Uh, but none of the jokes that Yelena did uh, fell flat compared to Alexi. I feel like it was weird. I was like, okay. It, I was a bit disappointed with uh, Alexi because I, I I don't know if I was expecting a lot more. Because um, he's Hopper. Because <laughs> he's Hopper. David Harbour is always good. Um, But. I was a bit disappointed in terms of the timing. I think it was a lot of the editing of the movie bothered me, Uh um, especially in the second half. Uh, But that's just a kind of the thing uh, generally overall in the movie. Uh, The editing was a bit funny to me in the second half uh, Mm. compared to the first. I feel like that and the tone a little bit iffy for me, but my favorite character, I have to give it to uh, Natasha. It's her last movie. Uh, It's, like we kept alluding to earlier, it is a bad, I was, it was a bit sad to start remembering towards the end of the movie. I'm like, Oh crap. I forgot. This yeah. is her last movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was a bit sad because you, you've been with this character for pretty much like 10 years, watching them, her evolve with the rest of the Avengers. And to see one of the original Avengers pretty much getting retired from the movies is, a uh, it, it's a bit sad to see but i do like that it was it was fun to see her in a full-length feature rather than just a a supporting
1: role in um a, or at least a small supporting role in a huge avengers group right yeah because i mean yeah i think we mentioned it just a little bit i feel like in captain america the winter soldier that was probably her most expanded supporting role um and she uh, she obviously played Um, great opposite, uh, Chris Evans, um, with you know, Steve Rogers and everything, but we got to see a little bit more of her personality in that movie. And it wasn't just like a, like one note, um, throughout the movie, she kind of gave layers to her character and we got even more of that, uh, in this movie. And I'm glad they, you know, we got to see her past. We got to see, you know, we got to see, you know, like her bring down her walls a little bit. Uh, especially uh, when you know when she was talking to like her family and everything, especially Yelena. But um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Natasha was really good in this movie.
0: All right, so our next award is going to be the Jensen Award. I feel like it's been a, a little bit of a, a while since we've done this award. So you can choose actually between underrated character or underrated scene. So Ken, who would you give the Jensen Award to?
1: Well, you know what? I'm actually going to give the incident award to an underrated scene for this episode. And for me, it's that scene after the, you know, the chase scene and everything that we were talking about. And uh, it's the it's the scene where Natasha and Yelena are just talking outside at night having a beer. And I just thought it was pretty cool. I mean, you talked about it in your binge worthy moment. You're talking about like their um, the relationship and everything, their whole dynamic Obviously, we got to see uh, them as kids and you got to see them grow up. But I felt like this scene was the first time they got a chance to kind of really like just, you know, just be become grounded. You get to see like, you know, just normal dialogue that that you would see, like even in everyday life. But it's you know, you get to see that little bit of a reunion between the two of them. And it, it was refreshing dialogue to be able to you know hear them talk about wondering where you know where their biological parents were you got to see yelena kind of sharing how Remember she was talking about how she reinvented her uh like backstory or her her, uh her birth certificate you know and how oh yeah i have a sister who moved out west and you know she's married to uh some random dude or you know it it was pretty cool to see them kind of like let their hair down a little bit and just feel like they're regular people instead of these superhero assassin people, you know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, I, I just thought it was pretty cool to see them open up. And it's really the first time we really got to see Natasha open up like this in over a decade.
0: Yeah, dude, I definitely like when they were able to like character, um, uh, basically show more character to the, like these superheroes pretty much because you don't get a lot of that. Um, it's always nice to see them kind of slow down a bit and just talk like normal people. That's always nice to see in like these movies. It very it humanizes them and that obviously uh, those are probably the best things about superheroes is that they are human at the end of the day or sh- show human characteristics uh, that we can relate with. So I thought that was a really uh, good scene as well. I'm actually going to go with underrated character and I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of flack for this because I heard... Basically, the whole other way. Uh, I actually liked uh, Taskmaster in this movie. I've I've read a lot of comments, a lot of other posts and stuff. They absolutely hated Taskmaster the way they handled the character because obviously in the comics it was a dude. Uh, but even then, like I'm, I liked Taskmaster. I played like the games that he was in. Uh, like the Spider Man game, I thought his character is always like the concept of the character is really cool. Um, but just the, for the fact, it's like, oh, he didn't have like these weren't his technical powers, it's just a suit and all that stuff. People were like really complaining about the reveal as well. But I actually liked the character, I thought it was a super like badass character. Uh, I wouldn't say as cool as a villain as like the Winter Soldier, kind of comparing the two. Um, but I didn't even rem- uh, mind the reveal of it being um, Drakov's daughter either.
1: Mm-hmm. I I was like,
0: what? Yeah. I thought
1: that was that was actually pretty cool. I mean, I I'm a little mixed. I I, I could see like I I, I didn't hate it. Um, I I felt for me, I put, kind of predicted a little. I was like, they, they, they're, yeah. they, they're talking about Drakov's daughter a little too much. We haven't seen that body, or we haven't seen Drakov like. I don't know, talk about it too much, uh, about him being sad about his daughter. Obviously he's a monster, so he probably wouldn't care or, or even mention it. But I was like, man, they keep mentioning it. Dude, I feel like Taskmaster could be, a, uh, some. uh, you could be a lady. Could be, I feel like he could be, uh, Dreykov's daughter. I was actually thinking if not Dracov's daughter, it could have been Milena. Cause I was like, dude, I know she didn't die. We're going to see her later. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it was a little telegraph for me, but in terms of like the execution in and, and some of the scenes that she was in, I, I felt like she was a, um, I, I liked her hand to hand combat. I liked the chase scene. Her driving that tank was pretty cool. Uh, and the way she did the, I, I'm sucker for like that shield thing that, that she mimicked, uh, from captain America. Um, but I don't know. I, I could see both sides of it. I, I really can
0: yeah for sure man i can I, I just think it's an underrated character i don't think it deserves all the flack that it's probably getting yeah um yeah. but yeah there's some parts i definitely didn't like I, I i think it was a bit predictable uh that it was drakov's daughter by the time like you were getting close to that reveal um but i thought it was a good physical imposing character that you needed for natasha because obviously drakov by himself is not going to do it
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we saw that. We saw him whimpering and stuff. at uh, That was that was kind of hard to watch at times.
0: <laughs> and I do I want to mention uh really quick before I forget, uh you know how it was it was like pheromones and all that stuff for oh, yeah. uh Dracov? I thought that was a bit weird. But at the same time I felt like they weren't they were I got RoboCop-esque vibes. You know how Robocop pretty much he got this hidden prime directive? where he can't kill any uh, OCP employee. Yeah. And then I, I, oh, I felt that very much RoboCop-esque in that scene where it's like Natasha tried to stab him and then just stopped, just like RoboCop yeah. was trying to kill uh, the old man from uh, RoboCop. I, I got RoboCop vibes.
1: I I would have taken that actually instead of pheromones because I felt like the pheromone reveal was a, a little cringy. Uh, I completely forgot about that. Otherwise, I may have uh, mentioned that in addition to the Red Room part. Uh, but yeah, I, I I could have appreciated the hey, you know, with the mind control, you can't uh, you can't try to kill or injure your maker or whatever. That I thought that would have been better.
0: Yeah, the pheromones thing was oh, I don't know where you can eat, just break your nose and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like what if these girls? I don't know uh like one of the other widows i don't breaks her nose in a fight and he's like "Ah, i kind of feel like killing Dracov today and then they can do it so (laughs) i don't know uh but anyway let's go to our next award it's going to be actually our favorite scene the avengers assemble award
1: so uh, what's your favorite scene um, I gotta give it to that chase scene in Budapest. I I, it's, I know I said it. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say it anymore. <laughs> but I have to do it one more time. One more time. I forgot. I, I put that in my notes. Uh, for the Avengers Assemble award winner. Um, I dude. I just love that dude. That tank was pretty crazy. I love how it was moving hella fast, and it was kind of futuristic, which was pretty cool. And for that whole like the you know the contrast of that fast moving tank uh which was driven by Taskmaster chasing after the sisters in a motorcycle was pretty cool. And then you got to see the widows kind of jumping cars and stuff on their motorcycles as well. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Then obviously, you know, the sisters they carjack the, the beamer and dude that one move where they're driving, right? And then remember uh Yelena is just giving Natasha like shit for like a shit plan i guess yeah <laughs> and then they do that one cool part where they're just driving hella fast they quickly turn around they start driving in reverse then she does that cool move where she opens the door it's simple they open the door hits one of those road signs and it just clips that uh widow with the motorcycle uh, dude i was like oh yeah, damn that was a that was, good move, man. that was a good move it was simple but effective you know what i mean yeah definitely getting freaking like mission impossible vibes right there I'm like all right yeah, yeah man and, and it and it seemed plausible you know it wasn't crazy ass shit like an f nine we keep we keep coming back to that but dude it is it, it's, it, it's true you know it it felt believable and then obviously you know the scene continues and it was pretty cool after taskmaster blows up the beamer just that chasing when it goes down. Down the subway station, they're actually hurt, but for it to end where uh, Natasha Romanoff and Clinton Barton ended up hiding out for all those days or whatever it was uh, up in the ceiling, I thought it was a pretty cool callback uh, to all the Budapest, <laughs> the Budapest <laughs> references from the past Avengers um, uh, movies.
0: Yeah, that was a really good action sequence. It reminded me a lot of uh, the Las Vegas scene in Jason Bourne. Yeah. Remember how that one armored truck is just plowing through all the the cars in the Las Vegas strip? I thought that 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 reminded me of uh, uh, that scene pretty much, just smashing through everything. Good callback. I, I completely forgot about that in <laughs> Jason Bourne. Uh, my favorite scene, though, is going to be a little bit of a quieter scene. It was the dinner scene. Between uh, our little Russian family, <laughs> you know, what I mean, so because <laughs> yeah. I I really liked the opening scene, the prologue to this movie, I I liked it a lot. So for it to basically come to a, come to a head at the dinner scene, for all like the past being uh, dredged up in this scene, I thought it was really emotional. Obviously for Elena, uh, for um Alexi basically dismissing them as daughters I'm like dang dang I know it's like and oh then,
1: you were boring you know you were just a chore or what mm, I forget what he said
0: Yeah and then just Natasha being kind of uh kind of com- compartmentalizing all that stuff too you know kind of just in her nature but then Yelena's like you know don't say that we're we're sisters we're a family and all that stuff I got emotional I was like ah because you yeah. know with Natasha it's like shoot is she gonna lose this family too just like the avengers
1: because we know what's gonna happen later on mm-hmm. yeah no that was a great scene um uh, because i mean we're we, you know we were talking about I, I, you mentioned it yelena was she had all the 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 one-liners she had the com- perfect comedic timing but you got to see how natasha i guess even they even were dropping breadcrumbs you know when When Natasha would even mention, like when they were uh, when they finally got together, they were still on the on the run. They were talking about how oh it's a fake family or whatever. You could see like the reaction shots uh, that they had with Elena and all those close ups. You could tell that it was annoying her, and like you said, that dinner scene or dinner table scene, I should say. It really did get to her. it started getting to her. She was drinking already, too. So you got to see her um, actual reaction to Natasha just kind of dismissing their whole family dynamic as well. And, and uh, Alexei as, you know, also d- dismissing it as, a, as a, a boring part of the job when he should have been the, uh, the the red guardian. And but you got to see the emotion out of Yelena and it really did affect her in a negative way.
0: Yeah, those are two scenes very different, but I think pretty solid scenes in the movie. Uh, we're gonna go to into our favorite game of the episode. It's gonna be guess the run tomato score, and this season it's actually been a lot closer than last season. Spoiler alert, I guess for last season, uh, I'm ahead just by one point, so Ken can actually tie it this week. I'm up thirteen to twelve. So, Ken, here we go.
1: Do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score for Black Widow? I'm hoping that I could tie it. Oh, please let me tie it. I'm going to guess Black Widow. Wait, wait, hang on.
0: I hope we're not going to tie it. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I want to tie
1: the score. I hope we don't tie, like, for this week. I just want to tie the overall score. Exactly. yeah, thank you for clarifying that. But to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score for Black Widow, I got to guess 86%.
0: Ooh, alright, so I am guessing uh, 83%. So, ooh, this is going to be close, man. I can feel it. Here we go. Uh, Let me look it up. Alright, so... The Rotten Tomato score is 80%. Oh! So... I got it this week, man, so I'm up by two now, 14-12, but what well, you could always do, we have two more episodes left in the season. It would you, be you, fitting you.
1: if we ended in a time.
0: <laughs> exactly, man, you got, but if, you, if it was if it was the audience score, the audience score is 92, so if it, if it went audience score, you would have won, mm-hmm. but I got it this time.
1: Man, I should have stuck with my initial uh, guess. I initially guessed 81%. but that was like i was like oh man you know these rotten tomato scores tend to go a little bit higher so i added five points to it yeah i was uh a bit scary on that
0: one actually Dang uh but your your score is pretty much on point with my i love you 3000 award uh where we rate the movie from one to three thousand uh i'm guessing yours is somewhere in that range uh what's your
1: i love you 3000 award Actually, a little, uh, a little lower. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I, mean, I did like it, um, but just like you said, you know, kind of, you know, it was all right. It uh, towards the end, I have my problems with it, but uh, like I try to focus on like the overall uh, like story. I love. Uh, I I don't think we mentioned it. I love the opening credits of that cover of mm. um, Nirvana's "Smells Like Teen Spirit." I so lo- It was. It was like a perfect kind of way to set the tone and the mood uh for uh, for the beginning of the movie especially but uh for the I love you 3000 award my rating is 2286 which is loosely 76.2%. Again, I like the movie. That's actually a pretty good score for me. For me, um I loved the fact that Black Widow really felt like an epilogue for Natasha Romanoff as a character. Even though, you know, in the MCU timeline We get to see her in two additional movies with Infinity War and Avengers: uh, Endgame. It was it was a perfect send off, uh, I think, for Natasha's character. It really did hit home, especially in that last post credit scenes, uh, minus the uh, the the nose blowing by Yeah, I kind of ruined it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I almost got like. I, I wanted to be like, please let it be Natasha all of a sudden just pops out of nowhere. And I'm like, <laughs> when you got the nose blowing, I'm like, No. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought it was gonna Natasha was gonna come out of nowhere, but sadly did not happen. Yeah. Uh, for me I gave it a little bit of higher score. I gave it twenty four twenty eight out of three thousand, so about eighty one percent.
1: Okay. So we're kinda in the same neighborhood.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think overall I enjoyed the movie, but like you said, there were some some things I didn't like. Maybe some of the editing, some of the story choices that were a bit weird, like yeah. plot points. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously yeah. the floating red room in the sky um, <laughs> that no one saw, like Iron Man, for example, uh, or S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> anyway. So, I know, S.H.I.E.L.D., S.W.O.R.D., any any one of those organizations. <laughs> anybody? I don't know. But... Uh, overall, I did like the movie, but we have a bit of a
1: interesting movie next week, Ken. What's our uh, movie for next week? Oh, next week. Jeremy and I will be attending Saturday Detention back in the 1980s with five high school students in the 1985 cult classic, The Breakfast Club. Uh, you know, this is one of those movies that I loved. I mean, I kind of watched it a little bit later because, you know, when, in 1985, I was only four uh, so, but I eventually watched it, you know, it used to be played on TBS or TNT all the time or whatever. And so I, for the longest time, I only watched the, uh, the censored version. Uh, but eventually I did watch the full, uh, movie, loved it even more. And I feel like, uh, Jeremy will like it because you know what? He still has not seen this cult classic yet. Bum it's, bum
0: bum. Exactly,
1: like and you know what? We wanted to have one of our last movies of season two as a classic. It's not our last movie yet. It's not our season finale, but we wanted to, you know, kind of end, uh, kind of season two towards the end of it with a classic. So uh, I'm glad and looking forward to you watching it, watching an '80s movie. So it's, I think you. You have a deep appreciation for someone your age for, uh, you know, some of these uh, classics. So I think you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I've always heard ever since high school, it's like, what? You haven't seen The Breakfast Club yet? So I'm like, I guess I need to see it. And it's only going to take me a few more years later to watch it. But (laughs) here I am now and uh, I'm excited to check it out because these uh, 80s movies, man, always feel like it hits you in like a happy place
1: yeah yeah i i it, it, man i don't even want to talk about it because <laughs> i don't want to give away any spoilers it's actually a fairly quick movie I, I think i looked it up right before we uh we went on the air um it's only an hour and 37 so it's a quick watch mm, all right i'm excited uh if you want to follow us guys
0: or follow me on the social medias it's gonna be at jp underscore flicks on instagram or twitter actually how about you
1: can well for me um and actually don't forget to follow us at weekly real across the board facebook instagram and twitter uh but for me uh specifically at free Ken a the spelling will be in the notes on both twitter and instagram
0: all right so any uh, final thoughts on black widow 2021 <sighs>
1: Man, it felt good, and you know what? We got Shang Chi coming up. Uh, it's going to be during our off season, but man, we got another MCU movie uh, coming up. We we <laughs> we got four to close the year, four in one half uh, in in basically the second half of, of the year. They got to make up for the two year, uh, I guess, time gap, right?
0: Yeah, they're just trying to cram it all in because you know they have plans. They they know what they're they want to do, and just seeing that uh, Shang Chi trailer in the the freaking previews i was like oh this is oh, gonna be good man. because uh black widow for at least the first half i was like "Ooh, this is really different for uh, compared to other stuff and then it kind of felt like into the sort of uh, regular superhero stuff but i'm looking at that movie shang chi and like it looks really different and mm-hmm. i hope it's like it kicks off something like really uh really like fantastical with like kung fu and martial
1: arts and all that stuff I feel like it'll be uh, the movie that Mortal Kombat wishes it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely, dude. It lo- definitely looks like that. Especially when you got like a uh, freaking abomination in a in a cage match pretty much with Wong. <laughs> with Wong. I know. That see? was That's so like choo- random. <laughs> it's like choosing your freaking characters in Mortal Kombat and just pitting them against each other. So, like you said, <laughs> I can see that movie g- going really good or really bad. So hopefully uh, the former.
1: <laughs> yes, please.
0: All right, guys, I look forward to next week's episode on The Breakfast Club. And uh, until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Reel.